the monkeys are the slanderers. Those who look like monkeys, they those who appear like monkeys, they will be those who slander people, who make up stuff about people, who accuse people of things that they've never done. We have to be very careful when we say something about somebody. Sometimes when you get angry or you want to put somebody down, we make up things about them and say, you did this, you're like this, when you know they're not, that's slander. People will appear like monkeys on that day. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Hamdan kathirun tayyibun mubarakan fi mubarakan alay. كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين ما بعد Dear brothers, dear sisters, dear young young brothers and sisters as well and the elders we have uh, altogether five lives in this world, we have one life. There was a life before this world, which were when we were just souls and spirits and nobody. Then when we came into this world, we got a body and our soul was attached to our body. So now we are in this life. This is what we are currently uh, enjoying. We eat, we drink, we think, we walk, we see, we meet. This is what happens in this world. Until the age of... 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever it is. And then after that, this second life will finish. Then the third life will begin. The third life is the life of the grave or the barzakh. That is the life after a person dies, before we get up on the day of judgment. That is a life that we're going to go into. It's like a life of sleep almost from outside. That's what it seems like. Bad people are punished therein and good people, they enjoy that time until the day of judgment occurs when Israfil will blow the trumpet. So that's when everybody will perish and will stay like that for a while and then will come the fourth life. The fourth life is the life on the day of judgment. And there's lots of events that will occur on the day of judgment and then the fifth life is when a person goes to paradise or hell. And that's a life forever, finally. That one is forever. So now we understand the five lives. Today we're going to be discussing the fourth life only. We're going to discuss the fourth life. Now that fourth life is directly connected to this life of ours right now. If you do any good, one subhanallah, one alhamdulillah, there's going to be a record of it on that day and it will help us. And anything wrong we do today, it's going to show up on that day as well. And we'll see how that shows up. So, uh, where we're starting from is the end of the third life. The end of the third life is the one where everybody had died. Those who died before died. And then on the day of judgment, when Israfil salam blew the horn, blasted the trumpet, everybody else died who was left, who was left uh, alive still. And then after that, everybody's dead and only Allah remains. Nobody else is alive right now. Then what will happen is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will want the day of judgment to begin. The day of judgment will only begin by everybody coming back to life. So this is going to be our second time we're going to be given a life. where We're going to be walking, talking as such. And we're going to feel it. I mean, you're going to experience it in the third one as well. But this one is going to be the crunch where 
it's going to be decided where we go from here. Paradise or hellfire, there's going to be two paths, very clear paths. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. So, while everybody is still in their graves, in that second life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will instruct Israfil alayhi salam, the angel that has this uh, task and responsibility to blow the trumpet the second time. He blew it the first time to the end this world, right? To end this world, that was the first time it was blown. This will be blown again, this time, so that everybody can be alive again. So people will come out of their graves. So we have many verses in the Quran that discuss this. Surah Yaseen, وَنُفِخَ sur, The trumpet will be blown of Israfil alayhi salam. فَإِذَا هُمْ قِيَامٌ they will suddenly stand looking around, gazing around. Another one. فَإِذَا هُمْ مِنَ الْأَجْدَاثِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَنْسِلُونَ That's another verse. Suddenly from their graves, they will be hastening and rushing, having to go towards their Lord. So everybody will rise from anywhere they were buried. If you were buried in the Romford Road Cemetery or Tottenham Park Cemetery or Gardens of Peace or Eternal Gardens or whatever it is, suddenly when this trumpet is blown again, everybody will rise and they will have to go to a certain place where every human being will be gathered for the Day of Judgment. I'll discuss that soon. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Taghabun, The people who disbelieve, they claim that you will not be resurrected again. They will not be a third or a fourth life. They only believe you live in this world once, you die and it's finished. You become rotten in the ground, decomposed, you become dirt, dust, and there is no longer anymore. We don't believe that. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenges them and says that they claim, the disbelievers claim that they will not be resurrected. Qul bala wa rabbi. Tell them, of course they will be, for sure they will be. By my Lord, they will definitely be resurrected. You will definitely be re resurrected. Then after that, you're going to be told and informed about everything you did. So everything we do, in this world is recorded in multiple ways. We'll discuss that later. And then Allah, just to finish it off, He says that this is so easy on Allah to do. This is so easy for Allah to do. It's not a big deal to bring everybody back to life. So you guys are all following so far where we are, right? We suddenly come back to life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again, uh, He says in Surah Luqman, مَا خَنْقُكُمْ وَلَا بَعْثُكُمْ إِلَّا كَنَفْسٍ wahida. Your creation the first time round, your resurrection coming back to life the second time round, is just like a single, is like a single soul. The way Allah can create one person from nothing, He can create everybody again. Right. What's interesting is that because we're already here, nobody doubts we're here. But they have a problem with us being recreated again. Like, how are you going to be recreated again? They find that more difficult to understand than us being created the first time round from nothing. It's a bit weird, isn't it? The first time round, you're created from nothing. At least the second time round, there's a model of us already. There's a plan, right? A sample of us already. I don't know why they, they denied that, but they didn't deny this. Because I guess this one you're already experiencing. You're already alive. So how are you going to deny this one? Right? You're alive, right? You're not in a dream world, are you? Okay. In Allah Sami'un Basir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all uh, hearing and all listening. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An Kabut, Awalam Yahu Kaifa Yubdiullahul Khalq. 
Haven't they seen how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recreates any creation, how he can recreate creation? And then Allah carries on. Kul siru fil ardi fanduru kayfa bada al khalqa. Go around in the go around on the earth, look around in the fields and mountains and crops and other places and see how sometimes you have a desolate area where there's nothing and suddenly, mashallah, it's all alive. All the greenery comes back. That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ability. Surah Fussilat Wa min ayatihi anna It's from his signs that sometimes you see a piece of land, a whole amount of ground, that it is lowly. It is nothing there. فَإِذَا أَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْهَا الْمَاءِ We suddenly shower water upon it, rain upon it. And suddenly, اِهْتَزَّتْ وَرَبَتْ It grows and it is there, thrilled and green again. In Surah Yasin, there's also another verse. وَدَّرَبَ لَنَا مَثَلًا وَنَسِيَ خَلْقًا قَالَ مَنْ يُحِي الْعِظَامَ وَهِيَ رَمِيمٌ They used to say that, who's going to reconstruct all of these bones? You know when we die, there's bones left. Who's going to bring these bones back to life? When they decompose, they're all dust now. قُلْ يُحْيِيهَا الَّذِي أَنْشَاءَهَا أَوَّلَ مَرَّةً The same one who did it the first time round, he will be able to recreate it. وَهُوَ بِكُلِّ خَلْقٍ عَلِيمٍ He knows full well how everything is created. So, now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will return everybody from their grave, will suddenly stand up, and when we come out of our grave, we're going to be in this really earthy form, it seems. Because you've just been in the, in the ground for such a long time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send a special rain. It's going to be called hayawan, life. If you get, get some of that water today, mashallah, you know, you would be able to get fresh again and youthful again. So that rain, it will shower for 40 days on the earth. That special rain will shower for about 40 days on the earth until it will become about, they say, 12 arms length above you. Allah will recreate all the bodies, every single human being from Adam salam through to us and everybody that will come after us as well. It'll all be recreated. After that, so the bodies will be recreated. Then the carriers, the angels who carry the arsh, the throne of Allah, they'll be resurrected, they'll be created, reborn. Then Jibreel alayhi salam, then Mikail alayhi salam, and then after that, they say Israfil alayhi salam. So, this is now when Israfil alayhi salam, all the souls which were in another place from the bodies, they will be put into the throne, uh, into the, sorry, into the horn, and then he will blast that horn. The souls from the horn will blast out like bees. This is how ulama have explained it. And they will be instructed to go back to the bodies. Remember, the bodies that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had recreated our bodies, but we're not alive yet. Our soul, our life, our soul is separate. That will be put into the, into the trumpet, into the horn and blasted by Israfil alayhi salam. And everybody's little soul, whatever, wherever it is, will fly out and go and with a tracker system and find the bodies and then will be given life again. So these bodies that have come out will become alive again. That's the way the ulama have explained. And their bodies will become revitalized and alive again. The Prophet said, 
and will out. I'm the first person who's going to be resurrected from the ground. He'll be the first to come out of his grave. That's his honor. Each person will appear like a youth of about 33 years of age. That's how we'll be recreated on that day, initially. Then after that, we'll see. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَنْسِلُونَ Everybody's now going to be hastening towards the Lord, towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is where it becomes difficult for disbelievers. That's why those who never believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will, it'll say, مُخْتِعِينَ إِلَىٰ الدَّاعِ يَقُولُ الْكَافِرُونَ هَذَا يَوْمٌ عَسِرٌ all the disbelievers as well as everybody else, they will be pushed and gathered towards the caller who is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the disbelievers are going to say, this is going to be a tough day. This is already a tough day. Everybody is going to be gathered together. Nobody gets left. The billions of people, everybody gets together. That's why Allah says, وَحَشَّرْنَاهُمْ فَلَمْ نُغَادِرْ مِنْهُمْ أَحَدًا We're going to gather, we will, we will gather all of them. We have gathered all of them. Not a single person will escape. Nobody will be left in the ground. Nobody will be able to hide. There will be nothing to hide. In fact, the whole ground will be flat. No mountains left. Everything will be flat. Completely flat. That's the day of, emerge, of emergence, of coming out. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse, Surah Al-Kahf, Al-Jibal. We're going to drive the mountains. You know these mountains that seem to be so firm. All these huge mountains. Have you seen them? Huge mountains. We're going to drive the mountains. And we're going to gather all the human beings. We're not going to leave anybody. Everybody is going to then be presented in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in ordinary roles. In line by line. لَقَدْ جِئْتُمُونَا كَمَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ Allah is going to say, now you have come to me just like the day that we had originally created you. أَوَّلَ مَرَّ بَلْ زَعَمْتُمْ أَلَّا نَجْعَلَ لَكُمْ مَوْعِدًا In fact, you used to claim that we're not going to meet. Allah is going to tell everybody that many of you used to think that you're not going to meet me again. That you're never going to meet me. This time will not occur. Here you go. You're all in front of me. Another verse. يَوْمَ تَشَقَّقُ الْعَرْضُ عَنْهُمْ سِرَاعًا ذَلِكَ حَشْرٌ عَلَيْنَا يَسِيرٌ When the earth will open up to, to let everybody go out again, that's going to be a very easy day for us. Now, what's going to happen is that when we're created, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we're going to recreate you the way you were first created. That means everybody is going to be in Arabic حُفَاتًا عُرَاتًا غُرْلًا what that means is that everybody's going to be barefoot, no clothing on, so, uh, sorry, no, no, no footwear, no slippers, no sandals, nothing. Naked, so no clothes. On that day, there's going to be no clothes. You're not going to have anything on. And uncircumcised, just like the day a baby is born. But we're going to be adults. Now, you kids, a lot of you are thinking, what's going to happen? Everybody's naked, right? You're wondering now, what's going to happen if everybody's naked? Doesn't sound too good, is it? Aisha radiallahu anha, when she heard this, she, she also said, Wa Oh, our nakedness, people are going to be naked. 
Yanduru ba'dhum ila ba'd people are going to be looking at one another. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said no. Al-amru ashaddu min an yahummuhum dhalik. The matter is going to be so desperate and so serious that nobody's going to look at anybody else. You know when you're so concerned and frightened about something, it doesn't matter if it's got the best food in front of you or your biggest temptation in front of you, you're not interested that day. Nothing tastes good that day. You're not even you're not even going to look because everybody's concerned about themselves. Sometimes we go through these kind of situations in the world where you'll have the best food, your favorite dish sitting there, but you don't feel like eating because you're sick or something else has happened. Allah make it easy for us. The Prophet ﷺ explained how people are going to be on that day. He said, People are going to be gathered together on that day more, more hungrier than they've ever been. They're going to be extremely hungry. Extremely thirsty. They've never been thirsty like this before. More naked. They've never been more naked than this. And so much in difficulty, in great, great pain on that day. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us a way out. Allah always gives us a way out. If you want to be clothed on that day and you want to be fed on that day and you want to be given drink on that day, then Allah makes it great. Anybody who has fed in this world, anybody who's fed anybody for the sake of Allah. I'm going to feed a poor person. Or I'm just going to feed somebody because Allah wants me to feed. The first thing the Prophet ﷺ said when he came to Medina Munawwara is Afshus Salam. Spread Salam. And feed people. Not just poor people. You can feed anybody but you shouldn't feed poor as well. So whoever has fed anybody for the sake of Allah will be given food on that day. He'll have mashallah special status. Anybody who has given anybody to drink. For the sake of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them to Woman Anybody who's given anybody clothing, you've given your jumper to somebody, you've given your clothing to somebody, you've paid somebody to get some clothing because they don't have, Allah will give you clothing on that day. And anybody who's done work for the sake of Allah, anybody who's done things for the sake of Allah, you've helped your mother, you've helped your father for the sake of Allah, you've done good for the sake of Allah, you've memorized the Quran for the sake of Allah, you've done good deeds for the sake of Allah, then Allah will be sufficient for you. He'll take care of you that day. That's why then it says, فَإِذَا خَرَجُوا مِنْ قُبُورِهِمْ أُمِرُوا بِالْمَسِيرِ إِلَىٰ أَرْضِ الْمَحْشَرِ So when, you come out, when we come out of our graves, our souls come back in, we're living beings again. Everybody's going to be instructed to go to the land of gathering. There's going to be a special place for gathering. Now, where is this place that is that, that we're all going to gather in. So, some say that one opinion says that it's in the blessed and holy lands of Syria, of Sham. That is where everybody's going to go to be gathered. Everybody's going to be driven by angels. You can't mess around here. You're going to be driven. Angels are going to be driving everybody. Make, no, don't go this way. Go this way. Carry on going this way. Everybody's going in the same direction. You can't stay behind. Everybody's going to be going from all over the world. They're all going to come around and confer, converge, according to this opinion, on Sham. To assist with this, a fire, a special fire is going to erupt from a place called Ka'ru Aden, which is the lower part of Aden, which is in Yemen. 
that fire is also going to be driving everybody. So you, you can't go back. There's going to be a fire behind. That fire is going to assist the angels in driving people. So that's either going to come from the lower part of Adam, which is in Yemen today, or from a valley called Barhut, which is the, in, again in Yemen, south of Hadramaut. These names are mentioned, that's why I mentioned this. This fire will accompany the people, will be with them, wherever they are. It will stop when they stop to rest. It will carry on with them as they continue. It will stay with them forever. Now what that will look like, I don't know. But that's all we know that it is mentioned that way. Now, this is where things get tough. We came out the age of about 33, you know, in complete maturity and uh, a good size. Now our deeds, whatever our state was in this world, that will start to affect us during this journey. So the deeds of the people, that good actions or the bad actions, will start becoming, appearing in different forms on the people. If it's good deeds that we've done, we've helped people, we've assisted people, we were kind to people and so on, that would actually help us and assist us to go along. So it'll be a much easier journey for those people. And if they had bad deeds, then they're going to just create more chaos for us. Going to cause a lot more hassle for us on the way. Our bad deeds will be given to us as big suitcases or big baskets or big loads to carry. And you have to carry it. You can't even leave it. And you have to carry on. You can't even stay there. Allah make it easy. It's difficult. Because the more the bad deeds we have, the more we're going to have to carry, pull, push, drag uh, with us. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Surah An-Kabut, They're going to be carrying all of their sins and burdens on their backs. How evil it is. That's Surah Al-An'am actually. Then Surah Al-Ankawd, They're going to carry their own weight, their own deeds, their own burdens, and they're going to carry other people's burdens as well on top of that. They're going to be questioned on the Day of Judgment for all that they used to do. Nobody can be left behind. Everybody's going to be completely in focus. That's why in Surah Qaf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Everybody will come and with them will be a driver and will be a witness. These are our recording angels, Kiram and Katibin. They're going to be with us. It's all very clear. Whatever we did in this world, nothing can be hidden anymore. Bad deeds will only appear on that day to cause hassle to us if we've not made tawbah and if we've not repented and asked Allah for forgiveness. And we've not come back on the... Then, if, if we have, then alhamdulillah, they won't be around. So now, look at, look at some of these things. Anybody who is involved with interest, and unfortunately, many, many people are involved in interest. They justify it with various means. They have these fatwas that they take. Interest consumers, they will have large stomachs. That's just going to... I mean, you've got massive stomach. That's going to cause... A problem for you to walk causing them to roll they can't even walk it's so heavy that they can't walk properly so they're, they're like walking a bit and then they stumble down and they roll fornicators 
will have their private parts oversized. They would have to drag them. I mean, that just sounds gruesome. They would have to drag them. Drinkers of alcohol. Drinkers of alcohol will have their cups in their hands, their, their, their flutes or whatever it is, their, their cups in their hands. And uh, everybody will see who they were. That's the worst part. Everybody will see who they were. Those who are liars, who used to lie, or backbite people, and say things from one person to the other to cause problems, namim as they call it, they will have tongues that will be so long, they'll be hanging to their chests. Those who never gave zakat, the withholders of zakat, they will have snake their wealth like snakes coiled around their necks. Those who are proud and arrogant, conceited, show-offs, who thought they were the best, looked down upon others. They will be that day the shape, size and shape of ants. Meaning, it, it, they're going to be, they're going to have to be dodging people. That's my understanding. They're so small, everybody else is around him. Thousands of people going from each area. You can imagine, they're just going to have to dodge people. And this, if you're small, it takes you that much longer to go. You know, rather than take long strides with your foot legs. So they're going to be very, very small. May Allah protect us and forgive us for... Oh, no, they're going to be trodden on. Imam Qurtubi, rahimahullah, one great uh, scholar uh, of, of Cordoba, who has written a beautiful tafsir of the Quran and also one of the most beautiful books about the scenes of the Day of Judgment. He mentions uh, a hadith from Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu. He asked the Prophet وسلم, about this verse, The day when the trumpet will be blown and you will have to come in orderly forms and rows, he asked uh, the Prophet وسلم, about that. Ya Rasulullah, araita kawlullahi azza wa jal yawma yunfakhu fi suri fata'tuna afwaja. So the Prophet said, O Mu'adh ibn Jabal, You've asked about a very serious matter. That's a really, really big issue you've asked about. And then the Prophet ﷺ just started crying. The Prophet ﷺ started weeping. And then he explained. He said that there will be 10 different kinds of people who will be gathered separately from one another. You know, it says that you're going to appear in front of Allah in different groups, different lines. So what are these groups? So according to this hadith, there will be 10 different groups. There will be some whose forms, whose appearance will be changed to that of monkeys. Some people will appear as monkeys, depending on the deed, depending on the bad deed. If you do monkey-like things in this world, then you will appear like a monkey. Allah protect us. Some will be like pigs. Some people are greedy and they like pigs and they will be like pigs. Some people will be upside down, legs upwards, being dragged on their faces. They won't even be walking, they'll have to be dragged on their faces. Some will be blind and hesitant. They don't know which way to go, depending on the deeds. Some will be deaf and dumb. Some people will be lacking in reason. They don't know where they're going, they're confused. They don't know what to make of the old affair. Some people will be chewing their tongues, which will be hanging to their, uh, to their chests. S their saliva will be pus, so it, it, won't be, it won't be pleasant at all. It'll be ugly, dirty, smelly, uh, with bad odor. 
others will be disgusted by them. Some of them will have their hands and feet cut off. Just a torso, just the body. Some will be made to wear robes of tar, the black, ugly tar. The monkeys are the slanderers. Those who look like monkeys, they, those who appear like monkeys, they will be those who slander people, who make up stuff about people, who accuse people of things that they've never done. They have to be very careful when we say something about somebody. Sometimes when you get angry or you want to put somebody down, we make up things about them and say, you did this, you're like this, when you know they're not, that's slander. People will appear like monkeys on that day. The people who will be pigs, they will be the ones who used to eat unlawful wealth. Allah protect us. Unlawful wealth that wasn't gained in a halal way. Down people will be the users, the people who dealt with interest. The blind people will be the, the, the tyrannical rulers. Rulers who are tyrants. We see many in the world today, unfortunately. The deaf and dumb people, they will be those who are proud of their actions. Arrogant people. Those who will be chewing their tongues. They will be the ulama and judges whose conduct was different from their words. They would say one thing, they would do another thing. The scholars and the judges. Those who had their hands and feet cut off will be those who used to be harmful to their neighbors. Who used to who used to irritate their neighbors. And those who will be smelly cadavers, like dead cadavers, smelling with pus and everything, they will be people who used to enjoy too much of their haram passions and pleasures in the world. And uh, the robes of tar will be the arrogant and the boastful ones. And it carries on. Now, on, finally, when they get to this place of gathering, everybody will be gathered. Humans will be gathered. That's, today we have 7-8 billion people in the world. In the past, we've had so many billions. In the future, you may have billions. Literally, there will be billions of people. But not just people. There will be jinn as well. All the shaitans will be there as well. They'll all be gathered. Today is the day where they can't mess you around today. They're going to have to answer for all of the corruption that they cause. Animals will be there. The angels will also gather in rows around, the, around everybody. The angels will be standing guard. There'll be nobody who can run anywhere. The oppressors will want to run somewhere. They know this day is the worst day for them, but they can't run anywhere. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Rahman, Ya ma'ashar al-jinni wal-inst. In istata'atul an tanfudhu min aqtari samawati wal-ardi fanfudhu. O oh, company of jinn and human beings, if you can penetrate and get out of the regions of the earth, of the heavens and the earth, if there's some way for you to get out of this, go ahead. Go. You can't unless you've got, unless you've got something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yusallu alaykum. Uh, Allah will send, uh, if anybody tries to get out, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has nuhas, uh, brass and other things that he will penetrate them with. Now, people on that day, they're in turmoil. Already they've just managed to get to this place in Syria or Hadramaut or wherever it is that they've gotten to after all that long trek. They're going to be crowded there, jostling with one another. 
the sun will be just one mile above the head. Not 93 million miles as it is today, and it's still so hot when it comes out. It'll only be a mile above the head. Just one mile. The sun, like literally just, just there, right? One mile above the head. That's where the Prophet said that people will start sweating now. They will start sweating. Some of their sweat, it depends on good or bad deeds. There'll be some protection because of good deeds. Some people who are a bit bad, they get sweat until, uh, until their ankles. Their sweat comes to their ankles. Some people it carries on up to their knees, some to their waist. Some, they're just about trying to keep their head up. It's going to be up to there. They're just about trying to stay alive. Now how that's exactly going to happen... Allah knows best, but it's going to be a smart system where everybody's going to, all people will be gathered together with people like them and they're all going to be in like a sweat pool almost, in different levels of sweat, according to their sins. However, the good part is there will be a shade on that day where they'll be free from all of this problem. You know the shade on the day? And there's going to be seven categories of people in that shade. You want to be part of that category? May Allah give us that. That's going to be a special lounge for those people. And who are these people? So Allah, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned a just ruler. If you're ever given rule, you're ever given uh, responsibility for something and you're just about it and you don't take advantage and abuse your position, then you'll be in there. Number two, shabun nasha'afi ribadatillah. If you're a youth, you know, after you become mature, 12, 13 years old, until you become 20 something, and that is very valuable years you've spent, mashallah, uh, not forgetting Allah, not neglecting Allah. You've done it with a focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You, you are enjoying your hits program. You are enjoying your madrasa. You are enjoying coming to the masjid. Enjoying doing salat. You are happy to worship Allah during the youth. That's a very important time. Right? It doesn't talk about adults. Of course, they get benefit as well, but... Youth time is a time when people want to just have a carefree attitude. That's why from the ages of 12, 13 to about 25, 27, 30, you really want to be looking after you because then you get in there. All you have to do is just make sure you do your prayers on time. You do good and you stay away from haram. And you, 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 the, the other person you want to add to that is رَجْرٌ قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّكٌ بِالْمَسْجِدِ A man who is constantly connected to the masjid. He's always wanting to be masjid for the next prayer. He loves coming to the masjid. He loves coming to the masjid. His heart is always there in the masjid. Then the other person who's going to be there are two people. Any two people who just love one another. Not because uh, you give me stuff, but for the sake of Allah. I like you and I love you for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That means that you love them because, you're, because they are a creation of Allah. That's why you love them. Even if they say bad things to you, you still love them. You, you protect yourself, but you still love them. Another one is the person who is invited and tempted a man. So it could be both ways on. But if it's a man, he's tempted by a woman who's really beautiful and who's sought after. Anybody would want to be with her. And she comes to you and offers herself to you. And you say, no, haram. I can't do this without the proper way. Allah loves that person. It was so easy for you to have committed the haram, but no, you didn't. The, the, that person will be in the in, parallel, uh, in, in the in the shade, and the next person is the one who gives sadafa in a way that he doesn't show off, 
So the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains that you give sadaqah with your right hand, you give charity with your right hand in a way that your left hand doesn't know. How do you do that? You give charity with your right hand, say, don't tell the left hand. Okay? It just means you give it really discreetly. So you don't tell anybody, you just put it in the box, you just give it to somebody and you carry on with your life. Because you're doing it to help and benefit from Allah, not from anybody else. And then another person is the one who's alone. And suddenly he just thinks about Allah and this day of judgment and other things. And his eyes began to water out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just that one tear that comes out. Out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I'm going to have to stand in front of him one day. That will give you entry into this lounge of shade on the day of judgment when we be protected from all of this. Now what's going to happen is that everybody is in this chaotic scene, sweaty, really bad in sweat, worried, in turmoil, absolute chaos. You don't know what to do. At least you want the judging to begin so that at least you know which way to go. Having to wait is worse. Having to wait is worse. So now this is when that special event will take place where a group of people will suddenly get together and say, you know what, let's do something about this. I don't know if they're the people from the shade, I'm assuming they are, that they'll have this idea of somebody, and they'll go to Adam alayhi salam. You've heard this hadith, I'm assuming. You go to Adam alayhi salam, they'll say, let's go to him because he's the, our father. He's the first man on earth, first man to be created. Let's ask him to at least talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and get the proceeding beginning, the hisab, the accounting, who's good, what's bad, the, the, you know, our deeds to be counted. Let's get that beginning. They go to Adam salam and Adam said, I'm worried myself today. Go to Nuh salam. So they will go to Nuh salam. He'll say the same thing until finally go to uh, Ibrahim salam and finally go to uh, Isa salam. Isa salam will tell him, look, I'll tell you who to go to. Go to Muhammad sallallahu Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the only one on that day will say, yes, I'll take care of it. This is what I prepared for on this day. He will go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's throne and he will prostrate. He'll fall into sajda. And he'll start to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, I'll start to praise Allah with praises that never known before. These will be some very special praise that will be inspired to me. And then finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, okay, raise your head. Now you can ask what you want and I'll give it to you. You can intercede and I'll your intercession will be accepted. So that's how everything will begin. The judgment will begin like that. That is what you call Al-Maqam Al-Mahmood. You know when we do the dua after Adhan, we ask for Maqam Al-Mahmooda for the Prophet That is what you call the praiseworthy station. When he'll be able to do that, that is what we're asking him for. And inshallah, if we ask him for that, we hope to get intercession from him. We hope that he will help us on that day. Everybody's going to be envious of him on that day because nobody else would be able to do this. Allah says to the Prophet. Now, people will be very thirsty on that day. There's only one other place that you'll get water from. If it's not from Allah, there's only one other place. And that wouldn't be with the permission of Allah. Small children who passed away when they were young. And this is, uh, subhanAllah, this is glad tidings for those people who lose children when they're very young. You know, they just had a child who was born and then he passed away before he's becoming mature. Those children will give water to their parents. 
That's one of the benefits. We don't want to lose children for that sake. But if you lose children, well, at least you can, at least you, you got something to go by. Subhanallah. Now, it's going to be so bad that, you know, the disbelievers, they will start saying, because they have no idea what's going on. And they're so worried. They're going to say, Rabbi arihni nar. My Lord, get me out of this place, even if it's to the hellfire. They don't realize hellfire is going to be even worse. But they're so troubled by this space, this place, this chaos, that they just want to get out of here, even if it's to hellfire. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow people, good people, people in the, uh, in the, uh, in the shade, uh, righteous people, martyrs, and others, all of those martyrs in Palestine, they're all going to be intercede, intercessors. They're all going to be able to take people to paradise. They're martyrs, subhanAllah. Angels will lift the throne. Now, you know how big this throne is. The, the throne will be brought into the midst of these billions and billions of people. Jannah will be brought to the right, right, of the arsh. Hell will be ordered to be at the left of the arsh. Hell, hellfire, will be pulled by 70,000 ropes. 70,000 halters they need. 70,000 ropes they need to pull the hellfire. 70,000. Not five, but 70,000. And each of those halters, you know how heavy that place is? That each of the 70,000 holders will be pulled by 70,000 angels. How many angels do you need to pull hellfire? 70,000 times 70,000. Which I think is like 49 billion or some crazy number like that. That many angels are needed to pull the hellfire. Now what's going to happen is when this hellfire is brought near, it will start to roar and shriek. Just imagine this whole bubbling, uh, roaring and shrieking, terrifying sounds. And when they hear this, even though people are already so hot and troubled and bothered and, and in a chaos, they will fall down. People will fall to their feet. At this point, even the prophets, you know the prophets, aside from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they will say, Ya Rabbi nafsi nafsi, la as'aluka ghayraha. Oh my Lord, I'm asking for myself, myself, nobody else. I'm not asking for anything else. Just protect me. Even the prophets are scared on that day. But the Prophet ﷺ is such a compassionate individual, always focused on others. Ya Rabbi, Ummati, Ummati. My Lord, I'm worried about my Ummah today. I'm worried about my Ummah today. Now the accounting will begin. You know the good deeds, we have a book of deeds. So the accounting will begin. All the data will be pulled out. The whole download of all of the data that we've ever done anything, all of that will be brought out. Some people will have their books in their right hand. They have a good option because they were the good people. They'll have their books in their right hand. Some people will have their books in their record deeds, their hard drive, whatever it is on that day. I don't know what it's going to look like. They're going to have it in their left hand or behind their backs. And that's a bad sign already. Even the prophets are going to be asked that day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-A'raf, we're going to be questioning both the prophets, the messengers, and the people they were sent to. We're going to relate everything to them with perfect knowledge because we were never absent. 
We knew everything that everybody was ever doing. We've never been absent. We've never been away. That is the day, it says then in the Quran, When this moment will occur, that day some faces will be ashen, downcast, in absolute dark turmoil. And there will be others which will be, mashallah, resplendent and shiny because they've been given glad tidings. They know it's not that bad for them. La ilaha illallah. That's why everybody's now going to be asked. Everybody gets questioned now. What did you do with your life? لا تزول قدم ابن آدم أو عبد حتى يسأل عن أربع. The Prophet ﷺ said that you're not going to be able to move from that place until you get questioned about four things. Where did you spend your youth? Mashallah, you can say our youth here. You can say you spent it in Masjid al-Falah on this 31st of December when you could have been taking part in fireworks, but you decided to come and protect yourself from the real fireworks on the Day of Judgment. Remember this day. Remember this day to say to Allah, on the 31st of December, I was in Masjid al-Falah, the Masjid of success. Falah means eternal success. I was in the Masjid of eternal success. Have mercy on me. We have to use every single excuse to try to make it right on that day. If you have that intention today, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exalt you. Remember this day, right? You were there in Masjid al-Falah. Speaking about this day, about that day. Now, what's going to happen is another thing that Allah is going to ask us about is uh, about your youth, uh, about your life, the rest of your life, youth particularly, but the rest of your life as well. And then about your wealth, where did you get it from? Where did you spend it? And your actions and, and so on. Now, you can't trick Allah. You can't make things up. You can't misrepresent. You can't cover and conceal. You can't hide. You can't deceive. Why? Because there's multiple records against us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَوْمَ تَشْهَدُ عَلَيْهِمْ أَلْسِنَتُهُمْ وَأَيْدِيهِمْ وَأَرْجُلُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Do you know who's going to bear witness against us? Your tongues. Our tongues will start speaking against ourselves. Our tongues will speak. Uh, our tongues have literally saved every single word that we've said. Do you know that? There's a hard drive in there which we can't see. Allah has it connected somewhere. Just like our phones literally save everything that we do on it. Every keystroke. And today it's just with, with Google what they do. It's just made it easier for us to understand this. So our tongue is literally saving everything. Our eye is saving everything. It's just we can't access it now. But on Day of Judgment it become very clear. And we can't even say no. Because it's obvious it's there. Their tongues, their hands have a, have a hard drive and their feet, they will all speak out. Allah says, We're going to seal them out so they can't speak for themselves. Meaning, I can't make things up. Their hands will speak to us. Their feet will bear witness about what they used to do. Surah Yasi. Now in Surah Al-Fussilat, it has a, this engagement. People, when their hands and feet and so on start to speak, you're going to be saying to us, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this for? So Allah mentions that. They're going to say to their skins, even our skins are going to speak. They're going to say to their skins, what's your problem? Why are you testifying against us? We're going to be punished for this. So why are you testifying against us? It's like, you know, you, your brother, your family's around and one of 
your kids start saying, yeah, yeah, we did it. And you want to hide it, for example. You say, what's your problem, man? So our own skins will speak. And we're going to say to our skins, Why are you bearing witness against us? They will say, Allah has caused us to speak. Who's caused everything to speak. There's no way we can avoid it. So we have our book of deeds. That is already going to be in our hands. So that's already one proof. Our physical, uh, our, our physical body will speak. All the hard drive. Our hearts. That has a major database. Everything in the heart. That will also be revealed. And then the last thing is. The earth will speak. That day. The earth. Every place we sat to do some. Or stood. Or whatever. To do good or bad. It has already recorded it. So. Again, you prayed in Masjidul Falah in the multiple different places. That's why we say you should have different places you pray in so that all of those places will bear witness for us. There is a place that you go to do some drugs or smoking. That place will bear witness on that day as well. There's no escape. However, all of this will be so complicated, really. But a lot of this will become easy for the true believers. For them, it's just like the time they took to do Salat. It'll become so much easier and for everybody else it'll just be taking so long. Now what's going to happen is the animals will be instructed to, to re take revenge from one another. The animals will be brought. So you know deer who aggressed against one another, horned deer without horns, right? They'll be told to take revenge from one another. Once that all the animals have taken revenge from one another, they're going to be turned into dust. Finish. It's just to show justice on that day that even animals will get justice on that day. If one cat scratched another cat, then they're going to be turned into dust. That is where, you must have heard it so many times, the disbelievers will start thinking, Ya laytani kuntu turaba, why? I wish I was also made into dust today and I didn't have to face anything on this day. Now Allah will speak to every single individual. You know the billions of people who are there. Allah will speak to every one of them. How? Individually, it's not going to take years. It doesn't have to take years. Allah will speak to every single one of them without an interpreter. Directly. We'll be able to understand him. Everybody's going to confess their sins. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the believers, after he makes you commit the whole story about this, he's going to mention a few small points. Did you do this? Did you do this? And like, yes, I did that. I did, I did that. And you're worried about the bigger things. When he gets to those bigger things, what am I going to say then? Right? Say yes. Now, you don't want to talk about the big ones. You're just saying, yeah, 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 about the small ones. Suddenly, after a bit, Allah will say, I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to turn all these bad deeds into good deeds for you. Now, the person, as uh, greedy as we are, we're going to say, Yeah, Allah, I've got some big, big sins that you never even spoken about, you didn't even speak about. I want those to become good deeds as well, right? But these are people who got more good in them. That's finally what will happen to them for the believers. Subhanallah. As I said, if you have lost young children, they're going to be a source of safety, a safe, a safety on that day. And there's a story about a righteous person who would resolved never to marry. I don't ever want to get married. Just want to worship Allah or whatever. He was for a good reason, not for career, not for a bad reason, not because he hated women or women who hate men. It wasn't for that reason, right? It was just like, I want to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Then he saw a dream in which he was very thirsty on the day of judgment. But he saw that other people who were thirsty, their children were bringing, their children were bringing drink to them, water to them to drink. When he got up in the morning, he resolved to get married. I also want to have children. So having children is a blessing, mashallah. My time is up. I have to go for another program somewhere else. And we've just gotten to the bridge, the drinking place, and then the intercession after that. So what's going to happen now is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We're going to set up the scales. So everybody's deeds are now going to be measured in these scales. Well, there's good deeds are stronger and heavier than the bad deeds, they get to paradise. Those who are but more bad deeds, they go to hellfire. Those who are equal, exactly the scale is exactly the same. They get sent to the A'raf. It's a place between hellfire and paradise for a while. Until something, intercession or something happens. Then after that, we're going to have to be, uh, everybody, to get to paradise, you have to go over Jahannam. And the way to get over Jahannam, there's a, that's where the bridge is. And this bridge is really strange. It is sharper than a sword, thinner than a hair. It's impossible to, it's impossible. How, how do you even hang on to that? You can't. You need something. So our good deeds will become like vehicles and help us. Some will go like lightning, which is like a rocket. It's just gone. Some will go like a fast horse. Others will just about make it across after being with all the thorns and all the anchors and all of the bad stuff on there. So that's the discussion. Then there's the discussion of being given to drink from the Prophet's hands from his special watering place. And then after that, there'll be intercession. The Hafiz will intercede, the martyr will intercede, and so on. And the righteous people will intercede. Just yesterday, uh, somebody came who had just finished Hivs of the Quran. So I gave her 20 pounds. And I said, You know, I'm bribing you because Hafiz get to intercede for 10 people. On that day. So I'm just trying to maximize my chances. Right. So I give her 20 pound. I mean, it's well worth it. Right. I mean, it's well worth it if she remember. I said, look, remember. Because, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll remember. I said, alhamdulillah. So then after that, people will go to paradise. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take us to paradise. Some people will go to hellfire. May Allah protect us from that. But inshallah, maybe another time we can continue that discussion in more detail. Right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, the reason this is important for us to know is so that when we know about this, we know what to avoid, what to do more of, so that we can increase our chances of having a good time on that day, to be in the shade on that day, to be taken to paradise without any questioning. There will be a group of people who will go to paradise without any questioning as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among the elite on that day, and may Allah make our actions in this world uh, con uh, 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 conducive for that, uh, which means uh, appropriate for that suitable for that right and may allah make it easy for us because we have a lot of temptation in this world may allah make it easy for us jazakallah khairan allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all i will leave it to maulana uh, farooq to continue um the other uh, parts of this program and uh, then you're going to have your food inshallah uh, enjoy your food assalamu uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act to get further an inspiration an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously.
to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.